2: at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. We are just 24 days away at this time of recording from the NFL draft, which is like Christmas to me. And we're going to talk a lot about it today, but we're going to talk about it in a different fashion. We're not going to talk about who the best players are. We're not going to talk about positional rankings. We're going to talk about fit. Who are the best fits for the Minnesota Vikings in this draft class at the positions that they need the most? And then we're going to finish off, as always, with a mock draft. Welcome to The Real Forno Show.
0: Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Scold.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Foreigner Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, producer Dave, top right corner. Dave, how are you? I'm good.
0: Been a busy day. Busy Monday. Productive Monday. Love it.
1: You know what? I I feel the exact same way, and it, it's it's been a good one. But I'll tell you this: I'm I'm just excited for the draft to get here. We're only 24 days away, and as much as I love to talk about it, there is nothing quite like being able to watch it happen live, as it is the best reality show that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so we are going to talk about a lot of different things um, here today. We're going to talk about fits, Dave. Um, And one of the things that I really try to prioritize here with some of my scouting is I like to look at how each player is going to fit into what the team wants to do. And it's not always, hey, this X guy is more talented than Y guy so you have to bring him in it's not always going to be hey you know they like this guy so oh he has to be the pick there's there's so many little nuances to this process and you can tr- and you can kind of follow along here not it's not just about the film the major basis of everything that you get is from the film then you have the sca- the senior bowl where you get to see them up close you get to see like quick twitch explosiveness technique you get to see a lot of little things as as we can hear merlin in the background just angry Mm -hmm. at the fact that i'm talking about uh, the senior bowl um and then you get the scouting combine where you get even more data you get explosiveness testing you get to interview the players you get medicals all of those little things it makes a really big difference then on top of all that then you get pro days with even more information coming and then you get what's happening right now, which is the top 30 visits. Now, each team is allotted 30 visits. And this next part's a little vague, but for the Vikings, it means anybody from the University of Minnesota can basically visit the facility without counting towards those top 30. Now, I will
0: say, there's a caveat to that 30 that deals with local players and yep. how they determine local. Uh, is I up believe
1: for- – I believe it's within a 90 mile radius. I okay. I don't know 100% for sure. I was not able to get confirmation after looking for about a half an hour. What I was I've always been told it was it's within a 90 mile radius. I heard somebody tell me 100, I heard somebody say it's within the same state, which I don't believe is the case because otherwise like the San Francisco 49ers could go down to like San Diego state And even though it's like an eight hour or some drive, if not more like that, that's not local. Like that's kind of defeating the point. And it makes it unfair to those who are in smaller states. Like I, it's, and I also saw an article from Mike Florio that was written before the lockout, which is why I think this might be outdated. So this is summer of 2011, where it's within the same metropolitan area, which is why I think that might, it might still be correct. The same metropolitan area meaning, hey, if it's if the school is located within the reason of New York City, it's new it's the New York school, uh, teams can go contact. Um, Tampa Bay, like Orlando is super close. That that probably counts if you want to like count like UCF. For Minnesota, Egan and Minneapolis, St. Paul, pretty damn close. Same metropolitan area, because they're in the outlying suburbs. So the Vikings uh, have already scheduled visits with at least three Gophers. I don't know. Um, I see um, Anthony uh, put Muhammad Ibrahim in the comments. I don't know if he's one of them. I. It's uh, Jordan Howden, Terrell Smith, and John Michael Schmitz have all either visited or will be visiting. Um, and then we have a tracker up at VikingsWire.com uh, where we're going to keep tabs of all of that. And it's going it's going to be updated consistently to make sure that we are up to date with everybody that is coming to visit. Outstanding. We do what we can at Vikings Wire where we are your number one written source for the Minnesota Vikings. As Vikings First in School is your number one audio source and video. Because I mean, look at our pretty faces. I I have I've got the hair, Dave's got the beard, we're we're a perfect tandem. Um, but let's let's keep Let's keep talking about this Vikings team, Dave. Um, we should talk about a couple news things. Um, there was a report that came from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. And he said that among people in the league, now this isn't media, this is actually people in the league, they said that they believe Kirk Cousins was going to be traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And they said this at the combine. Things have obviously gotten a little more murky now with the fact that they restructured his contract, and then there's this massive dead cap hit. But I still think you cannot completely rule it out for the sole fact. Well, it's Kirk Cousins. Like, if you can make a trade, you should serious, seriously consider it, especially if it brings you back to quarterback of the future.
0: What are your well, thoughts on the today? And the talks were, and they were football people. It wasn't the press. The talks were that. The trade would be Kirk Cousins to San Francisco, Trey Lance to Minnesota. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if that's before they got who they get as their backup, Baker, somebody. Um, I don't know if that was before San Francisco did its thing, or it's definitely before the extension of Kirk Cousins money wise, and it's just money um, to get under the cap. But I don't know. I it's I find it interesting. We've all been interested in Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, grew up in Minnesota, went to NDSU. There is the connection there. There is also the question mark there. He has been injured quite often. He hasn't played that many games. Makes you wonder. But he's a whole lot cheaper, and you'd have him for what is it? Two years worth of control. Uh, at relatively cheap prices i don't know i don't know if it's going to happen it would be definitely interesting if it did uh, we'll find out it, it's one of those that's probably it doesn't have to be before the draft it may be before the draft but it may be after you know the top quarterbacks fall off the board and that could be as quick as the first five picks. It could be, you know, days after the draft. We don't know when that may take place. I don't think this will uh, be drawn out all the way to through OTAs until we run up to camp. Some other trades may do that. Dalvin Cook may be one of them that draws out that long. But um, I – I don't know. Uh, with the moves both the Vikings made and San Francisco made, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's, it would definitely be interesting, and they know Trey Lance. They watched him practice in Egan last year. so And they know the system, or he knows the system. So,
1: what, what would be interesting here, and Anthony asked the question about Lance Minnesota, I'll get to that here in a second. If they wanted to do it from a salary cap perspective, Trading Kirk Cousins would add around $18 million in cap space. Acquiring Trey Lance would add about five and a half. million. So you're, you, you would need to clear $23 million in cap space. That would be relatively easy. So Darius Smith, Dalvin Cook trades, and you restructure Brian O'Neill. That clears all of it up. So there, there's a path. And the restructure of Brian O'Neill would push nine total million dollars in the future years, which in theory, he's, he's going to be on your roster no matter what. So you feel more comfortable about that. The only caveat here, Dave, is the fact that Brian O'Neill is coming off that partially torn Achilles. The fact that it's partially torn is the caveat here, because if it was fully torn, then you're looking at a very severe injury for a big football player, and those are never good. But because it was partially torn, it's got more structure, st- structural stability, and that me- makes a huge difference in recovery and potential explosiveness, explosiveness loss. And it should take l- less time for him to be more comfortable. And Well, we know
0: Phil Lodeholt had his Achilles completely tear, and he mm-hmm. was out. And when he came back, he was never quite the same. But yeah. I agree with a slightly torn Achilles that still means the tendon's attached it's healing in the attached position I think we're going to get better results and medicine sports medicine has improved so much since then it, you know it used to mm-hmm. be an ACL tear was a death knell now it's like a dude's had two and he's still going strong um it, it depends on the injury, who's doing the recovery? I think we have the best sports science team in the business, even though I don't know if you saw the article that a uh, couple of the guys are being fined by the state of Minnesota for not having their full documentation and uh, mm-hmm. being fully licensed in Minnesota because regulations and government and all. Uh, yeah.
1: But. I wrote that article, Dave.
0: Oh, well, then you saw it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it's so the whole thing is very interesting. Um, I, I'm we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I think Trey Lance would be a really nice fit in this offense. Uh, he would be a player worth betting on. Only 23 years old, has been in the NFL for two years, and it's his his path has been very unfortunate because after a dominant uh, redshirt freshman year where he won a national championship with NDSU. He played in one game in 2020 due to the pandemic and the FCS moving their season to the spring. And then he ended up going to the draft, sat out pretty much his entire rookie year, which is totally fine. You probably wanted to do that with him. And then two games in to his 2022 season, snaps his leg and he's out for the year. So you're talking about a guy who's just had an unfortunate path and it has nothing to do with talent. That that's the even tougher part. None of it's talent based. Like his his position with the 49ers isn't because he's not a, a good football player or could be a great football player. It's Kyle Shanahan being Kyle Shanahan. And oh, I have this guy who can just effectively and efficiently run my offense. Let's go with him. And even though he's got a torn UCL on his elbow, but I think Lance is still a guy worth betting on. And I, I like that idea quite a bit.
0: And I think KOC could polish him if he stays healthy. I yeah. think the shanahan McVeigh style of offenses are real similar. So uh, I don't think a transition would be rough. I think it would be re- rather smooth. And it would give Justin Jefferson somebody to grow with, a quarterback he could grow with. And not know that hey, this is the last season for my quarterback. What am I going to do after this? Do I want to extend? Because of pure uncertainty, he would
1: have that certainty,
0: which would be a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, and I see GMAC in the uh, comments. QB Guru Kyle Shanahan wants him gone. I'm skeptical. Kyle Shanahan has been begging for Kirk Cousins for. Almost a decade. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan is great with that Tracy quarterback, but that's not what he wants. He wants a guy who can deliver with timing. He wants a guy like Brock Purdy. And I think the fact that he had the emergence of Brock Purdy gives him an excuse to default back and take the guy who can just operate the offense but not really give them anything extra. And that's Brock Purdy. Like, it kind of is what it is. Like, even something- the best...
0: There's something to be said about being able to operate the offense efficiently. And mm-hmm. it works, especially when you've got a kick-ass defense, to hit a chilly term. The, um, and their defense is awesome. So you pair that together, it, it works. They get into the playoffs. They get usually deep into the playoffs. So they're mm-hmm. always a competitor, even, even as it sits today. The two best teams in the NFC, consensus wise, are the 49ers and the Eagles. That's it. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Uh, I think Vikings are third or fourth on that list. So mm-hmm. you you can't beat that. Now, does if we got Trey Lance and he comes to the Vikings, Kirk Cousin goes bye-bye and goes out to the West Coast. I don't care what Kirk Cousins does after that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Does Trey Lance make this team more competitive this year, this season in 2023, than Kirk Cousins would? And if so, by how much or if not, by how much? And I don't think there's hardly any difference there. If anything, I would bump Trey Lance if he stays healthy and his talent And his expected growth because he's, you know, even though he hasn't played a lot, he's grown mentally. I expect that to be what takes things over the top more than I do with Kirk Cousins going in as going to be 35 and knowing he's playing for a contract and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Disappointed that he didn't get his three years extension all guaranteed.
1: So I'll say this. I think in the range of outcomes that we're talking about with Trey Lance quarterbacking the Minnesota Vikings in 2023, I think it there it, are, aren't a whole lot of scenarios where he's significantly better than Kirk Cousins this year. But I think in a long-term sense, I think Trey Lance could be a top-10 quarterback in this league and be consistent. And I loved him coming out of college. Right now, um, I have 53 players fully graded. If Trey Lance was in this draft class, he'd be my number one overall player. Um, I gave him a 90.5 out of 100 when he was coming out of NDSU. Uh, he was so intelligent at the line of scrimmage, and he was running the offense like a senior, not a redshirt freshman. Like th- Those are the kind of things that you're talking about. Um, and But just next year, man, Cousins was really good last year, man. And the whole reason why we want to move on from him has nothing to do with the fact that he was really good last year. It's the fact that he's 35. He's expensive. And quite frankly, it's it's just time. And that's not necessarily, hey, Cousins can't be good next year. It can't be good the year after that. It's we're trying to reset and we have to worry about paying guys who are, quite frankly, better football players than Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, Christian Derisaw, Daniil Hunter. Like those guys all need to get paid too. And you got to take a shot on a quarterback. And let's just spell this narrative and purple daily talked about it. And then we're going to go into some of these be- prospect best fits. This is what the whole show is going to be today. Um,
0: Aaron asked uh, it. He, doesn't. he said yeah. it was hot today. It was hot today. 92 degrees down here in Austin. Oh,
1: go away. <laughs> um, so, um, what, you got another snowstorm on the way? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, let's, I don't even remember what I was going to talk about. I took a nap an hour ago and my brain is just. We're mush. talking about
0: fits. You wanted four, you wanted best fits in four specific categories.
1: No, no, four. no. I was going to say something else before we got there. Oh, okay. That That's, that's what I can't remember. And it's because we got sidetracked with this whole weather discussion um,
0: it's all my fault. Yeah, Sorry, folks.
1: Yeah, it, it is your fault. Um, we're we're going to go with that, even though I am younger than you and my brain shouldn't be doing this. Um, all right, whatever. I if I if I remember it, I'll, I'll, I will come back to it. I just I don't. Um, meantime, I, let's talk. Let about, me talk.
0: Anthony talks about one more year, at Kirk, and then the twenty twenty four draft. Uh, you're going to have to move up. We'd have to move up this if we draft something this year. But if you draft in 2024, it's rare that a rookie takes you to the playoffs. You're almost wasting that year, if that's the case. It has happened before. It's not out of the question, but so is taking the last guy in the draft, getting you to the playoffs. Um, But it's rare. So if you can have somebody, if we draft somebody this year and he sits behind Kirk, I'm cool with that. He gets that year of learning. If we uh trade for some reason, get Trey Lance, he's already been in the league two years, still young. I'm cool with that. That's the reason why, Anthony, I think they're going to make the move this year, especially if the board falls the way they want it to. It may not. The top quarterbacks maybe go one, two, three, and then uh, the fourth one by, like, the fifth pick. Who knows? But – uh that is the way I look at it, and uh, I'd rather do it that way than waste, really, 2024 on a rookie, starting a flat-out rookie, um, so, and I, maybe Kwasi thinks the same way, Kevin O'Connell thinks the same way, I don't know, we'll find out, but that's just me.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see the rookie, but you know what, let's start with quarterback. Best-fitted quarterback, and I think... You could make an argument for C.J. Stroud, but I, when we're talking about fit, we're not just going to talk about player, we're going to talk about draft position. Vikings are going to be nowhere freaking near the position to be able to draft uh, C.J. Stroud because they don't pick number one overall. And I really think that Stroud is going to go first overall because he is the number one player currently on my board. Oh, hi, buddy. Odie, is, Odie decided that he wants to play with Dad. So this this will be fun because he he's going to bite my toes. Oh, he'll get it eventually because he'll he'll be biting my toes enough where I'm just going to get mad and pick him up. Um,
0: no, but Stroud isn't so, going to make it past two at the
1: latest. And that's why we're going to talk Will Levis. Will Levis is a perfect fit for what the Vikings want to do. He has the ability to create off-platform. Off he has the ability to throw off-platform. And he has experience in this offense, which I think is going to be tremendously key. Uh, all right, Odie. You're gonna come up here now because you're you're biting my toes and I don't like it. So say hi to say hi to your little buddies.
0: Listen to him grunt. Hello
1: Odie, you're the good boy. He's a very good boy. Um, and I know everybody loves the Odie boy, and so do I. But he is he's done with his little little treat bowl and now he thinks my feet are the treats. But that is what you get. With the puppy. He's just, he's a, he's a freaking puppy. Um, I, I think Levis offers you Kirk Cousins downside with the ability to make the wild throws that you see on sports centers, top 10, the Josh Allen's of the world. And I think that is one thing that is so intriguing and uh, thanks Aaron. I'm not going to lose it again because, um, Now we're actually in kind of the meat and potatoes of what what I had planned to talk about. Um, When you combine everything, Dave, I think this is is the best-case scenario for the Vikings, is Will Levis ends up falling to 23. You don't have to move. You just get your guy. But I also don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to have to move up to get him.
0: Well, I was about to ask. I don't think he lasts that far. I think we're going to have to go get him if that's who they want. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Odie is, Odie is a good boy and he's, he's being very good, thankfully, because he's good when he sits in my lap. He's just like, I don't want to be up here, dad. I want to go bite your feet. Um, but let's, uh, let's move on to running back because I don't, I want to kind of do like quick hitters. And listen, if you want a lot more information on these guys, please, um, search Vikings wire and the player and their scouting report will pop up in the Google search, and then you can read all about them. Um, I also have, and I'll I'll see if I can get Dave to throw it in the notes, um, my spreadsheet with every scouting report I've done, their grade, and where they're currently ranked on my big board. Um, and then running back. I think there's a couple of guys that I really like um, for the Minnesota Vikings. And what's interesting about running back is I'm not quite sure how they're going to approach it. The the 49ers have liked like the one like traditional one cut and go backs. They don't necessarily necessarily do X, Y, or Z. They don't prioritize bigger backs. They they like bigger backs, but they don't need it. Jeff Wilson Jr. wasn't a bigger back. Christian McCaffrey, not a bigger back. Um one guy I really love for the Vikings. His name is Zach Charbonnet, running back. UCLA and I wrote him up last week I love his game he's not quite as fast as you would like to see but one thing I really like is he can do everything he can block he can catch the ball he is is a very decisive runner with good vision and he breaks and avoids tackles he does a little bit of everything Dave and I think that's to me, what will be a huge draw, um, think of Alexander Madison, but a good football player. I think uh, Charbonnet is a better version of what Alexander Madison is, and that's not a one-to-one. It's not completely identical, but to give you guys a sense of what I'm talking about, that's kind of what I mean. Um, I really like Charbonnet. Have you had an opportunity to look at him at all, Dave?
0: No, I have not. All right, I have a a graphic for you.
1: That's okay. Um, another guy I really like, um, my orthos opinion will get there because I want to talk about some of these guys first. Um, oh, Aaron, Charbonnet's got much better vision than, um, what's his name? Um, Alexander Madison. Madison couldn't see an easy bake oven in front of him. Um, oh,
0: he could. He just gets a little tunnel vision. That's nothing.
1: Sorry, you're right. He can't see it to the left or the right, but he could see it <laughs> straight ahead. Um Eric Gray, Oklahoma, um, not a consensus five-star prospect, but by some um, recruiting um, systems, he was a five-star. Um, and he started at Tennessee. Played two years. Then when Josh Heupel got the job, he transferred to Oklahoma. This year, he finally had an opportunity to be the guy, and it was amazing what he was able to do. He's only five nine, but he weighs two hundred ten pounds. And talking to him at the Senior Bowl. He's built very well. Very thick, powerful legs. And you're not talking about a guy who's 5'9 and small. You're talking about a guy who is well-proportioned and built to play the running back position. And when he blocks in pass protection, he does a really good job. I liked what I saw from Eric Gray from a vision standpoint. He grew exponentially throughout the year. Early on, he was kind of running into blockers, not setting himself up well. By the end of the year, that West Virginia game, showed how much he had grown and he had 200 plus yards four touchdowns, and just dominated the Mountaineers in a game that Oklahoma needed to win to become bowl eligible. He is a player that I would love and he's he's a guy you're going to take day three but I think he could be a very good day three pick and I think he could be a value on day three right Odie? Say hi Odie.
0: What's he do on special teams?
1: Um, I have not seen him on special teams, but I think he could, he could be a kind of a Jack of all trades. He could be on the coverage units. He could be on, um, kickoff return, um, pun return. I'm not sure, but you could use him on special teams. And I think that's a, that's a big thing. Um, if only Aaron could see that, or sorry, if only Ryan could see could see that, um,
0: Lawyers well, so, lives here in Austin, which of course is home of UT, ah, The Longhorns,
1: dope. Welcome. Sorry, it, um, the, the sooner was blocking the horns. Um, so, what round would I take a running back? I would start <clears> to consider it at eighty-seven. I'm not dead set like, oh, you have to get one at any specific point. But this draft is deep. If you like a guy, take him. Or even better, try to move down and get him. Like there's a lot. I've gone through eight guys. Only one of them has a fourth round grade. One has a first round grade, and the rest, um, I've got four second round and two third round. This is a very good running back class, and I haven't even gotten to like a lot of the good ones. I'm probably not going to get to my favorite running back in this class, and Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina. Um, I I want to get to Roshan Johnson. He'll he'll be one of my last couple running backs. Ibrahim, I i want to see the testing numbers i really do because that's going to tell me it what he can if he can be really good in the nfl level because he's got everything else i want to see the testing numbers um i have not had an opportunity to see those but let's move on because i want to get wide receiver and cornerback before we get out of this segment and we go to the mock draft um the best fit Quentin Johnston, TCU. I've talked about him at now. He's my number two overall player. He'll be number three once I finish Jalen Carter. I can almost guarantee that. I love Johnston's game. I love what he's able to do at the catch point. I love what he's able to do um in a, a lot of different areas. He's phenomenal after the catch. Odie, say hi. Say hi, bud. Yeah. Everybody loves Odie time, so want to make sure he gets in there. Um And the best part is, he's so good after the catch at the catch point and like being a a deep ball wide receiver. You can live with the fact he's not a great route runner yet. You can live with it and you can allow him to develop there while utilizing his other skills that are developed. And I think that's what makes him so intriguing. I think he's the only one in this class that has the true potential to be a wide receiver one, that prototypical guy you want on the outside. And with Justin Jefferson um, opposite of him, Johnson's going to get opportunities against good coverage, especially with T.J. Hawkins in there too. He's going to be your number three option. And he's going to get opportunities to grow, to thrive. And I think that would be a tremendous asset to the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think, Dave?
0: Hey, I'm all for a decent wide receiver too.
1: Um oh, do you say? If, bye-bye.
0: If it's him, hey, no problem.
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Welcome to the show, Dr. Proto. We have, Joy, we're talking about good fits at the m- moment. Uh, you have Tyler's draft crush on the screen, Mr. Quentin mm-hmm. Johnst- Johnston. Johnston.
1: That ear, you get Josh Jackson vibes because they have the same helmet. Um, I think he's better. Um, Davey, if I could put Fighting 69 in there, I would, but I I would really, really like a uh, a dog that's alive. Uh, <laughs> Plus, they can't get I, Fighting
0: 69 in Minnesota, Davey. It's one of the states it is not distributed to.
1: Um one other guy I really like that I haven't talked a lot about recently, and he's kind of fallen down the board a little bit for some people. That's Rasheed Rice from SMU. I love Rasheed Rice. He is built thick, he's like six foot, two fifteen, he ran well, he's great getting through contact, he's great at the catch point, uh, and he has not true game breaking speed but he has enough speed to break away and get and turn like a 50 yard run into a 70 yard run like he's not going to get like that that extra burst to really be able to take it home and get a touchdown most of the time but he's going to be able to do so much for you that it's going to be able to make a difference and plus he does what Kevin O'Connell loves his receivers to do Dave he can block He's a great blocker. He's an effort blocker. And he's going to be able to do so much of that. Um, and he is somebody that I would love on the Vikings. And I'll be honest, Dave, I think you'd become a fast fan.
0: Hey, I'd love it. Not like wide receivers to block. Blocking is a mm-hmm. is a skill and a you can grow to absolutely love it. Because uh, if you could knock somebody on their tail, there's – there's a, such a great mm-hmm. feeling. The only better feeling is knocking a quarterback on his tail and hearing the air leave his lungs. That is the the perfect sound. But as a wide receiver, if you get that on a corner, sweetness.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about cornerbacks. Cornerback's gonna be the last position we talk about because these are the four positions that I think the Vikings will probably end up targeting the most. Um, Edge, I think you could swap out with running back, but I wanted to oh. talk about running backs because we really oh. haven't done so yet. Odie, you're fine, bud. Get get one of your five million toys on the ground. Um, cornerback. There's two guys I really want to point out. One of them is Deontay Banks. Everybody should know Deontay Banks by now because he is the most popular mock draft choice among. All of them. And when I pull up the mock draft tracker, Dave, Deontay Banks has been sent is been sent to the Minnesota Vikings 35 times. Cam Smith is at number two with 23. Keely Ringo, who I don't think is a first round corner at all, and I think he's gonna end up falling out, but he was a very popular pick early. Um Keely Ringo is going to is number three at twenty two overall. If you want to see the rest of the top 10, um, I did put uh, something up on Vikings Wire this morning, um, and I will end up updating that here before the end of the draft cycle. I think it's uh, interesting to see what the experts are saying about the position and what they think the Vikings will end up doing. So, well, isn't
0: Deontay, Deontay Banks, isn't he also talked about as a tweener between a corner and safety?
1: No. That's Brian Branch, uh, the That's Alabama Branch. kid. Um, so Banks is a very physical press man corner. He's built. Dave, he is perfectly built for what Brian Flores wants to do. The big thing with Banks and why he's not higher, he doesn't trust his technique enough yet. He doesn't trust his – Yeah, he relies too much on his athletic gifts, which is fine in college. Once you get to the NFL, you can't rely on those gifts as much, and you have to be able to lean back on the technique, be able to stay with players instead of like, oh, he's got two steps on me. Now i got to uh, kick it into fifth gear and be able to catch back up. It's great to have that. You're going to get beat in the NFL. Cornerback is about losing the least, not winning the most. And if he wow. can learn to just trust himself more, Vikings would have a really good corner on their hands, and that's kind of where I transition to my – other guy that I love for this offense, sorry, defense, and that is South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush. Not Cam Smith, his teammate. I didn't know anything about Rush going into the Senior Bowl. I watched him in practice. I'm like, okay, this dude can ball. Then I turned on the film, and the practice translated directly to the film, and I came away extremely impressed. One of the things that was interesting with Rush, he is very – Very athletically gifted. Ran a 4-3-6 at the Combine. He's a bigger dude, 200 pounds, over 6 feet tall. Here's the thing with Rush. He loses a lot early on in the route. And there were reps at the Senior Bowl where he would lose right away. And he would have the intelligence and the athleticism to be able to undercut like a dig route and get the interception or the pass breakup. If you can get that guy to lose less earlier on, you could have a very good corner on your hands because of the athleticism, because of the physicality, and the ability to recover. You just have to make sure he doesn't rec- have to recover as much. And it's the same thing with Banks. He's got to be better in technique, and he has to be able to trust himself more in doing so. If you can get those those out of your cornerbacks, that would be tremendous. year um, says he likes Rush on day two. I do as well. I think it'd be a tremendous, tremendous pick at 87. But we'll see. I'm very intrigued to see how Kwesi attacks his cornerback class, um, where he sees the value. Because the value right now, it is not in the first round, in my opinion. It is between like pick 40 and 90. That's where you're going to find the best value. So, where a receiver, I think, is going to drop off at about pick 50 corner is going to still be really good and flush with talent. And that's where I think that you can end up uh, getting some really talented players late that could end up starting for you.
0: We have a side discussion going in the remarks. Guys are talking uh, some preferred sizes.
1: I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm glad they're, that they're having a good time. But let's, you and I have a good time now, Dave, because it is time to do it's our time. weekly mock draft. Let's mock.
0: Welcome to the Real Forno shows mock draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Bingo and here we are. bingo bingo. And you don't need to look at that. That was a message.
1: <laughs> oh I I'm going to I'm going to pause the the video later and I'm going to read all of it Dave.
0: Oh, well, it's no biggie. It was, who did I send it to? Ah, oh, that was my daughter. Showing her the weather and showing Merlin looking at the squirrel. You know, <laughs> tough stuff.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk mock draft. So we're going to approach this. Um, Dave, if you hit fast, it'll automatically jump to the next pick, so we don't even have to wait, which I think could be really interesting. I I don't want to do trades here. I want okay. to talk about the prospects that are available at these picks, and I want us to have conversations about who we would take. And I think that is going to be the most important thing right now is just to understand the talent that will be available at certain spots. So let's do that.
0: Oh, don't give me this, this week. Start. There we go. Start draft. And we're on the clock. We're kidding about jumping.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you read this? Um I can kind of read it. Um it's still blurry for me. I don't know why. I I it is what it is. I, I also think it's because I'm not using Brave right now that probably is making a difference. Oh,
0: we need to move you off Chrome.
1: Yeah, that probably makes a difference. Um, Okay, so let's take a look. We've got B. John Robinson, Brian Branch, Derek Hall, Cam Kit. Smith, John mm-hmm. Michael Schmitz, Dalton Kincaid, Julius Brentz. When I take a look at all these, I think there's one player that stands out above the rest, Dave. And it's a player... Uh, we've talked about it's a player that it just got announced that be having a top 50 visit with the Minnesota Vikings. That is Alabama safety, Brian branch. I would take him here. 10 out of 10 based on who's available. I don't see the value. Like I love Julius Brent's. I like cam Smith, but I also, we talked about corner being um, the position that it is and how you can probably wait. I think Branch's ability to be a versatile playmaker on multiple levels of the defense just makes way too much sense. And that is a Brian Flores player. Okay. So I'm taking Brian Branch here, 10 out of 10. What do you think? I, I'm cool with it. Drafted. Perfect. So here we are. So we're up again. This is where corner can get really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Jordan Battle, the, the other safety from Alabama, who I don't think is a very good fit for the Vikings especially considering they just drafted Lewisine. They kind of play the same position, except Battle is a much lesser athlete. That's why he's available at pick 87. Rasheed Rice, who I talked about earlier, I love Rasheed Rice. I'm weary if they're going to pick him, Dave, because last year, Quesito Fomenta did not take any group of five players. He only took power five players, and Rasheed Rice plays at SMU in the AAC. Um, Kai Blue Kelly... If you remember Brian Kelly, he was the nickelback um, for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in the two thousand. Kai Blue is his son, um, so he's got lineage on top of being a very good player. Um, Sam Laporta, tight and end, understanding Iowa.
0: Understanding at nickel, and we need a nickel.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. We're not touching tight end here. Um, Garrett Williams, cornerback, Syracuse. tours ACL in October. Probably ready for um this year, but. I think unless you have him so far ahead of um, who you're ta- like who else is on the board, I'm passing on him just because of the injury. Um, Diane Henley and DeMarvian overshown. Um I, I'm out on Noel Sue as a linebacker. I just don't think he has the um, athleticism. Here's the guy we're going to end up taking. Um, we're going to take a wide receiver here, a guy that I really like who I think will fit well into this system. I wish he was more of a burner, but he can win deep. And he's so crafty in space and with his route running. Dave, you are, you're already on him right now. It's Iowa State's Xavier Hutchinson. Um, came away very impressed with this film. And sometimes with college film, you have to ask yourself, can this player do it just because he, was, he wasn't afforded the opportunity to do it? And Hutchinson played in an offense that was, quite frankly, abysmal with really bad quarterback play. So you have to take those things into consideration when you're drafting a player. Um, Let's take a look at the rest of the board. Um, Jaron Hall is a very intriguing option, quarterback. He's 25, but he's a less worrisome 25 than Hendon Hooker. And I think that is a big deal. Um, Jaron Hall makes full field reads already. Jaron Hall can drop it in a bucket. He has some issues with dealing with pressure. A lot of a lot of college quarterbacks do. Um, otherwise, you're looking at a lot of cornerbacks. You're looking at a, some wide receivers. We just took a receiver. We took a safety. So, Dave, I'm kind of leaning towards taking the quarterback here. What do you think about Jaron Hall?
0: He's developmental. Could turn into a nice backup someday, maybe. I, that's that's the only thing I see out of them, but I, it's quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are tough. If mm-hmm. what is it? Out of all the first rounders, forty-seven percent make it to be adequate. Of that, there are some that make it really, really good, and all the rest uh, fail. And that drops down to the 10 and 20% range. The further you go down the draft board, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. I do believe in you should be drafting a quarterback at least once every three years, if not every two years, you should be drafting one for developmental purposes. And if he's the one drafting, Hayner's also there.
1: I think that if you're talking about upside, um, I think Hall is your guy. Um, Hall McKee's there you can't still? teach, that. you can't teach that kind of arm talent. I'm on a Tanner McKee. I just don't think he has it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm thinking about Darius Rush, but you want the ability to draft a quarterback in the future, or at least take a shot at a quarterback. I think Hall's a guy worth taking a shot on. So okay. we're gonna pass on Rush, who even though I absolutely love him, Jaron Hall is also a guy that I really love. So we're gonna take Jaron Hall. Quarterback BYU, and we're going to hope that we can develop him into the quarterback of the future. Um, let's take a look. We there are some interesting players on the board. Um, Alex Austin is at the top at Oregon State. Um, Puka Nakua, who I also like, but we're I'm neglecting not gonna be the taken. remarks. What am I doing?
0: I keep neglecting. No, it's me. I keep neglecting oh. the remarks, and I apologize to all our viewers.
1: Yeah, we're just going to blame that on Odie. Odie, okay. it's your fault. Uh Gary, yeah, we're cheap. not
0: trading on this draft. We'll do plenty of drafts where we do trade. Yeah. Um so and most likely Quincy will trade. He has not stuck at any spot he has ever had.
1: So last year. Mm-hmm. All right. So he, he, this is interesting, Dave. We have uh Terrell Smith, the Minnesota quarterback. Um we have got um, John Wright, Alex Austin, both from Oregon State. Um, I th- I think uh, Jacorian Bennett's there from Maryland. I think if you're going to look at a guy that you want to take at the cornerback position, I think you you really need to consider taking a slot guy because then you can have Byron Murphy on the outside. And Bennett played at the outside at Maryland, so I would uh, I would go Jacorian Bennett, cornerback, Maryland here. Um I think uh Rayjean Wright is too much of a zone guy. Uh, his brother Nayshawn ended up uh being selected in the 3rd round by the Cowboys and he was a zone kind of corner. Alex Austin I think could play a man, but I'm I would want to take Jacorian Bennett here. All right. We have one pick left. One thing that's jumping out to me, Dave, is there's a lot of wide receivers on the board.
0: Well, there's a lot lot of corners we've gone through and a lot of wide receivers, um, sort of highlighting the edges that are popping up.
1: So the edge that I think we should end up talking about is DJ Johnson from Oregon. Um, He's a bigger guy. He's a talented player. He can win on the edge as far as like rushing the passer. I think that that might be the smartest play here is to take DJ Johnson. Cause I think he offers a little bit of upside and especially cause you're drafting it at, this is going to end up being picked to because the, the way the draft network simulator works is a little different than what's in reality, just because they're not taking physically removing the picks, just how they have things coded. Um, and, I I would take DJ Johnson because I think that's that size, that athleticism profile and the ability to to play the run um, and be a versatile piece because uh, they were asking him at 265 pounds, Dave, to drop in coverage. And he looked natural doing it at the senior bowl. And I think that's that's going to be a big thing. So I think we end up getting some really talented football players here, Dave. It's. I don't know if the, the draft is going to end up shaping up like this, but you get two defensive backs in an area where you needed it. You get a wide receiver. You get a quarterback you can potentially develop. And you know what? If things don't work out with Jaron Holt, guess what? You just go back to it at 2024. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a fourth-round pick. You don't, have to, you don't have to make this guy the quarterback of the future. You hope you can at the very least. Guess what? You have a quality, cheap backup for a few years. Like that was the idea with Kellen Mond. It's just Kellen Mond sucked. Like, there's really no other way to put it. Um I really like what the Vikings ended up doing here, Dave. Um, how do you feel about this draft? If this were to be the reality, what would your take be?
0: Well, it's not gonna be the reality because we know Clazy's gonna trade backwards, forwards, sideways. Um as for a haul, be, uh, I'd be okay. Let's let's roll. It's There's nothing that puts me over the moon with this draft, but there's nothing that disappoints me either. I'd be looking forward to getting more into each individual person's tape, especially when we're talking big bodies on the line, edge, um, and looking for myself, and we'll go from there. But it's not a disappointment, nor is it a let's go out, we're going to celebrate, we're going to go to the Super Bowl type of draft
1: hmm Yeah. No, I think I don't think I like the Vikings Branch. are gonna be I love Brian Branch. He is he is one of my favorite players in this class. Isn't he a little bit grabby? Eh. They gotta yeah, coach when he's playing but a lot, lot of college yeah. players are. Yeah, you get you get away with a lot more in college and college coaches are a lot more forgiving and a, a they don't care as much. I think is the best way to put it. So I, I think that's what kind of what we're looking at here. Um, Grabby's fine. You can, you can coach that out. But Dave, that's our show. Pretty good show. I'm happy with it. And I hope you guys really enjoyed yourself. A um, couple housekeeping things before we get out of here. Um, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to help us continue to grow the channel. Three weeks in, we're already at 400 subscribers. That is pretty damn cool. And actually, sorry, we're four away from 400. We are at
0: 300. We're real close. Mm -hmm. Hopefully tonight, after people watch this, they hit the like, subscribe, and we go over 400.
1: Yes. I would love, love, love Feel
0: free to share with all your Vikings friends, too. And we talk about Mm -hmm. growing the community. And we've seen some folks on here from Justin... Uh, Purple and Gold for Days, and uh, the Triple P has been on here tonight as well, talking to Purple Podcast, talking about popping your piece, and you better have your microphone ready for that. Um, There's tons. We're all within the same space, and we all like talking to you, the viewer, as to what sort of ideas you have, how you'd like to see things go, and we give you... uh, You know, a relatively safe space, to take a modern term, to talk about the Vikings and express your feelings. We're just part of that. We want to grow, to get even bigger, to return at least to where we were with Climb in the Pocket and start that all over. You can catch our podcasts, which are generally a recut of this show, on your favorite podcast aggregator. So if you're driving to work, we got i got a good friend, Rydell, uh, from England. He doesn't get to watch these because he's sleeping. So what he usually does is he sticks a podcast in in the morning on the drive to work. You have that. Uh, uh, all the links are in the remarks below. You can also go to our link tree at Vikings First and Skull, and you can see all of them. There is a boatload of them uh, where you can find our show. You can find our Twitter. You can find YouTube. You can find all the podcasts. It's all there for you guys to find and share with your favorite Vikings friends and even your Packers buddies that you want to irritate. We're there for them, too, because we like irritating them just as much.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um please. Like, comment, subscribe there. Give us five-star reviews so we can continue to grow and share all this great information with everybody who's a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. Also, couple things here. We have multiple shows this week. We have, from USA Today, Doug Farrar joining at 11 a.m. this Wednesday. Now, all these will be, these will be live, but you'll be able to catch them on demand whenever you want, so whatever works best for your schedule. He wrote a piece about Hendon Hooker. That is completely contradictory to what I think about him. And I think it's interesting. So we're going to bring him on to have a real discussion about it. And we're going to talk about why he thinks the offense is actually good for projecting the NFL. And break it down. Because he did it with film. And I think that's the best process is to have everything rooted in film and based off of that. Then on Thursday, 1 o'clock Central Time, we're going to have Damian Parson of the Draft Network joining. We're going to be talking about edge rushers we're going to be talking about who would be a the best fit for the minnesota vikings and what they could end up be doing and friday um time to be determined we're going to have devin jackson the philadelphia inquirer if you remember he's been on a few shows with me and he is one of the smartest draft minds in the business today and he's going to join me to talk about um the minnesota vikings as well and we're not quite sure what position group we're going to be talking about just yet I'm, it'll probably end up being running backs, but I will confirm that with you. Um, listen, we have a lot going on, and don't forget, we also have two old bloggers. Are you guys still Saturdays, Dave?
0: Still Saturdays at four o'clock, where Darren and I look at all the happenings in the Vikings land of what happens during the week, and we editorialize—the mm-hmm. best way to put it—long-form show. We talk about get into depths. Now, I guarantee you, we are down to our final last and final group of players to look at the special teamers. That's probably going to be a relatively quick one. Uh, as our state of the Viking series, we are also going to start looking at the draft. It's April folks. We'll be less than three weeks away once two old bloggers hits on Saturday. So we're going to be looking at that from the old timers point of view, what we need. And, uh, how to go about it, what we think is going to do, because that's the big question. How are the Vikings going to maneuver around, you know, at the end of the month? We've got five mm-hmm. draft picks. Will we have more? Will we move up and spend money from next year? Ooh, let's find out.
1: It's, it's going to be a fun ride, and we are going to have um, draft coverage of s- some form, everybody, but we – we don't know 100% what that's going to look like, and the second we do, you will hear from us. We're going to have plenty of coverage um, with the NFL draft, and it's going to be fun.
0: Yep, and because of us going independent, we will not be doing a ball-to-wall. We don't have the resources to do such, uh, but we will be doing draft coverage, a lot of react reaction type, maybe hop on as we're getting ready to make those picks it's all in the early planning stages
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and it and it's going to be a lot of fun guys we're we're going to have a great time and i appreciate everybody supporting us everybody tuning in and listening here tonight and listen have yourself a great week we will see you wednesday morning as we continue to talk minnesota vikings football and dave what is the one thing that we say at the end of every single show skull vikings skull vikings baby
0: like subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications it helps us grow this community and we all love our minnesota vikings and on behalf of tyler Fornis and myself dave stefano thank you so dearly for watching the real forno show Cool, everyone!